Well, hello, sir. Now, just at the very moment I thought you were going to call, I just said, go for it, on a, an iMessage to you, and then my phone rang, and I answered, and I started talking to you, only <laughs> to be a little while in to realise I was speaking to my wife, and not to you. And she said, you never say such sweet things to me. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> well, I hope this was all captured, because you're a professional, right? I am a professional. I captured something of it, I think. But I didn't, uh, yeah, I did. But I, she wasn't recording her side of the conversation because she, well, unless she's planned on divorcing me and getting evidence ready, I don't think she records all of I'm sure there's course. no lack of evidence. <laughs> but, you know, there, 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 there is evidence of love, though. Would you like to hear some evidence of love? Hello. Do we need to get Sam to put some, like, like nice slushy music in <laughs> yeah. here for us to sort of, like... <laughs> I, I, want, I want to give some love to my stunning colleague, Lyle, who's been so supportive and kind and who has and has no reason to because other than the fact that he's a delightful person because this boy is, is an actual expert, radio broadcast expert and, and, and personality with many years of experience and then brought that to, to doing a number of podcasts. And when he says nice things about us, it rings that much happier... Uh, for me at least, and um, he said some very nice things about the podcast, about he was laughing out loud. Now, I don't know whether that was laughing out loud out of derision. <laughs> Did you think No, good? I think it was genuine. <laughs> he was laughing out loud at how poor no, these guys are that, at this, and it makes him realize how good no, he is. Well, okay, maybe that's possible, but I'm not nearly as cynical as that, but he's a, a great guy. So everybody who, all our fractional listeners are required to unite themselves and, and go give a listen to any number of his podcasts, and we'll have some links in the in the in the show notes. Um, but hello, Lyle. His his podcasts are very good, and his audio quality is always absolutely excellent. So, yes, and and, and I hope he has forgiven me for still not having responded to an email he sent me almost a year ago. Oh, no. He, I need no, to no. Get to as expert as he is, he also knows how and when to hold a grudge. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I will respond to his email. Just give me another... Yeah, up to another twelve months. I think two year two year response time is pretty normal for indies, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Well, Scotty, Scotty, Scott, hey, you know what? Oh, no, wait, I should start that again. Scotty, 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 guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what, John? I have no idea. As always, I have no idea. <laughs> and beyond that, no interest either. But guess who I'm going to have lunch with today? Oh, is it a fish based person? Yes, it's. G- I'm having lunch with Jimmy <laughs> Clambush. Jimmy. <laughs> Oh, my. A.K.A. Joe Crabtree, <laughs> software I'm glad you, drummer. I'm glad you can remember his real name because I have no idea what it is anymore. I don't think he's going to even remember it. And and all the better yet, I'm going to go see him perform tonight with with Wishbone Ash, and uh, I get the chance to meet them. And I will I will be damned if I don't get type of snarky video out of them where they say hey, something along the lines like, "Hey, Freddie Fishstick, do you, do you mind keeping a consistent tempo? <laughs> you know, what? Pick one, just." <laughs> stick with it i'll see what i can do but it'll be nice you know it's 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 you know he's a very talented drummer and and i still think polynome is a great app and to the extent that that we're able to to give him a hand it makes me happy to do so so these are the these are the glorious things this is like this is the the the, the you know the, the, not the first fractional listener i've 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 hung out with and i invite all fractional listeners to 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 make themselves known in the universe and, and in all honesty if there's anything that uh scotty and i can do i'll volunteer scotty that i uh, can help if you're uh, an indie or interested in software development it it genuinely makes me happy to to help people cuz gosh i receive so much help but anyway that's it so scotty uh, now you now that i've talked too much and we don't want to overwork our other fractional listener um Tell me something good. 
useful. Well, we 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 had um uh, uh quite a lot of feedback from our show last week um or over the last couple of weeks um because I can't I always remember what it was that we've um we've done. We had several several responses concerning um the database discussion we had last week. Ah. Uh, a, a couple of people said, well, because we were talking about um keeping files with a database or in a database mm-hmm. or by a database and um uh and also we were talking about uh different architectures you could use around views i think so those are things we've had um uh feedback on now on the database ones quite a few people uh cuz i said we've been uh i think when it was me myself, myself who mentioned about ns document having a database in there a whole bunch of people uh said why don't you keep the um attachments in a package keep the database and the attachments in a package because i'm assuming that probably anybody who listens to um this show knows that uh often sort of things well apps for a start in mac os are actually just folder structures and because they're called certain things or certain flags on them they appear as a single file but they're actually a, a package and you can right click on them and say show contents everybody is used to that is is a developer um so john have you have you done stuff using uh packages absolutely uh, content stuff and what is your okay so i know what i think about that but i'm going to throw that back at you first of all and say you know how do you feel about that as a as a way forward on things uh this is a, an innovation as far as i know that comes to us from the next operating system so what you know file wrappers so an example is an rtfd document um uh, so RTF is rich text format, and RTFD is is uh, is RTF file, but that has attached images or anything, and it it's it's a great, grand, and glorious thing because it it allows you to have you know a nice package of things that travel easily. It's treated as a single file in the file system at all levels, which is nice. Um, and so you can do the same thing with 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 your apps documents, memory minor documents. There there's a library, right? It appears as a, as a single file in the file system, but it contains the database, the the thumbnails, the actual attached files, the high resolution images, all in one nice little package. So I think it that works really well because it keeps it all in in one place together. That's an appropriate uh, option for for desktop apps or you know consumer apps where a file is going to go around with you. You know for for enterprise scale apps, then then you can still have the similar. You know you're not really going to have the same architecture in that you'll have a some type of file repository on some type of file server and the database is is a complete separate process typically running on on a on a on a different server or a different you know range of 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 cpus in in a cloud uh service yep i totally agree with you there and um i think when it comes to because i was saying uh before that the current version of moneywell um basically does keeps its uh attachments to transactions in a local folder and then it, they're not in the document, uh, which is an NS document, no, or an NS data document with core data f- file in it. So if someone emails the um, document to someone, they lose all the attachments. Um, now, putting everything into a package would be a very good solution to that um, and was one that we considered. Now, we dismissed that one not because it didn't achieve the goal of what we were talking about, about keeping data uh, with a database, but for other reasons, because um, 
documents within MoneyWell or the next version of MoneyWell are going to be synced. And you have the issue that you need to associate certain sync data uh, or know certain sync statuses with your particular document. And if you, someone starts emailing uh, the whole thing to somebody else, um, then how does that work? Because they're now maybe against a different sync account or a different sync ID um, and the whole thing can become quite messy. Or then they do stuff to it and they email it back. Um, and there was a whole bunch of scenarios we were working through about, well, if someone sends a document to this person, they do something with it, they send it back, and then it goes back on the sync system. You know, how is that going to work? And what if the other person has done something else? And, and we were coming up with all these massively complex um, uh uh, scenarios that you could get where you could absolutely mess your data up. And as this is people's financial data, we're trying to do everything we can to not mess people's data up. Um, so we, the reason we haven't gone that way with this is because we've decided to go for a um, central source of truth. Um, so we are dismissing documents uh, or individual files for money well um, budgets uh, all together and MoneyWell will have a database which will have maybe multiple budgets in and if you want to send one to something you have to do an export and then they can do an import because then we have we know exactly what's going on and we don't end up with these things being sent around that can suddenly have massively different states that think they still have another state but as far as you're concerned if you just want to keep data with um, your database then actually yep the whole package and file wrappers thing is an excellent way to go so thank you for pointing that out and, uh, in fact i think i did have another um uh, do you want to say something on that first because i think i had another comment on that actually if i remember rightly no i think that i just wanted to remind you that you were leaving us um hanging because i spoke so much and took up all the time blathering on about nothing as is usually the case um, and kept you from having to have your segment. And I certainly don't want to do that again this time. It would just be a crime against humanity. And, you know, as I sit here talking about it and, and I'm starting to get nervous that I'm I'm wasting precious time and keeping you from telling us what it is that you want to tell us and, and blocking our fractional listeners from being able to hear. So, Scotty, I want you to, to get ready to be able to talk. Now, do you know what, John? I, re I remember our conversation at the end of last week where I was saying, oh, I've got stuff to talk about. And um, I and we ran out of time. And you know, I have absolutely no idea what it was. This has happened several times now, hasn't it? That yeah, I've run out of time to talk about stuff I want to talk on, about on the show. And, and then a the week later, I can't remember what it was. So it was the, obviously wasn't that important at all do you know what? i even sort uh, well, of do i need to save the day yet again sort of have a feeling i made a note about it somewhere uh but do you know what i can't even find the notes i made about it you know you, you know what happened is you synced it as an attachment but it wasn't inside the file wrapper it was something like that probably so john well um i'm sure as we come up to the 29 minute mark on this uh, on this show and we're running out of time again i will remember what it was last time that i wasn't doing but until then john why don't you uh say something else about what you've been up to this week well i i've learned that this thing that i've been working on actually there will be um 
uh, a fair amount of, of press and, and, and discussion made about it. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So I'm teasing that. Um, but in preparation for it, you know, doing lots of testing, I'm, 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 oh, I probably shouldn't admit this on air, but I made just a, a colossally stupid mistake. And I know no one has ever done that in the world of software, which is, it, it's, it's, I'm glad that we found it. And in retrospect, it's like, okay, I can see why I made it, but, uh, it, it's, it's you know your data types and 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 be careful about them but one thing that is a a little tricky thing is the fact that you know a string of characters characters can be alpha they can be numeric they can be both they can be any combination but numbers really can by definition can only be a much more constrained set and uh so in dealing with something for testing for the presence of it it's not uncommon certainly in objective c side where you can you know you can fudge things a little bit where you might say well i'm going to test is something you know nil is it empty is it null i mean this is this is a old 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 discussion about how do you determine if something is is truly not there um and there are different states to do it so you know sometimes you might use bool value as a way of kind of casting the 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 existence of something or like you know or the non-existence of something to 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 tell you something and in this particular case that having to do with a data type um which can be represented either way i incorrectly use bool value and then for a certain case um, which would be a valid case, a valid bit of data for it. I have to be, you know, somewhat vague. Uh, it, it did not work, and I didn't see that until somebody who tested and has a well-worn pattern of using, you know, a, a piece of data regularly in their test. It, things were just not showing up, not working at all. I was like, and it was, you know, f- fairly late in the game. Um, and I was going, that's not possible. There must be some other problem, that, you know, somewhere else, uh, a config value that's not correct. And that's not why you're not seeing this feature. Well, in fact, the software was doing exactly what I told it to do. The only problem is I told it to do something stupid, <laughs> which made it a reflection of its author. Um, but I was glad I was able to, to fix that. I can talk about it later after after things ship. Um, but it was just a reminder that, uh, you know, the thing about testing, uh, it's not enough just to, to have, it, you can write the best unit tests in the world. You can write the best UI test. You can go through and and, and set up, you know, your scenarios for, for your own kind of developer sanity testing as much as you want, but they just will not withstand, you know, even five minutes of somebody who is, you know, either has the mindset of a kind of, let's try to find all the different ways we can break it, or even just another person who has their patterns and their patterns are, are worn over time in some cases but you know for the convenience of them to get through their testing scenario and sometimes just knowing from experience that this is a common pattern that a user might have and 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 kind of consciously or, or not putting that as part of their 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 testing work um sorry if that's completely vague but it it, it was just a reminder that uh Testing, testing, testing helps. It is fairly vague, but I mean, we like to tease with things that people don't care about. So, I mean, yeah, it's true. It's, yeah. it's there. All right. So, uh, oh, before I say, I should say it was um, Mark Palmer and um, Uli, Wh- uh, Uli Witness, Uli Castera. He's Uli Witness. <laughs> he used to be <laughs> Uli Witness on Twitter. Uli Castera and Mark Palmer both uh, uh, talked, spoke about uh, using package formats and, and folders mm. in that sort of way. Um, oh, I, I some more feedback as well in the week. Um, Jeff Gilbert, he he has claimed to have now got uh, his Viper down to only needing 800,000 objects to display something. So he's obviously improving there. On You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? No. Viper is an architecture that breaks things down. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, 
we were talking about architectures last week, uh, tiny, mm. tiny amounts of, um, you know, functionality into very small objects. So to put something on the screen, you need uh, not 800,000, as is our joke here. Um, ha, ha, ha. Uh, Lyle, pick yourself up off the floor. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> but he's not laughing at that one. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, uh, but, it, you know, it, it is, a lot of people argue it just makes things too complicated. I'll tell you where it does work well, though, is if you are working on a large team. Now, you know, I only usually ever worked on projects where you know there may be, you know, I think the biggest team I've ever worked on for an iOS app was about 25 people um, on the iOS side of things, um, which to me felt enormous and totally unproductive, the amount of stuff you had to do to not block each other. Um, in that sort of way, but uh, you know, most teams are probably smaller than that, and I know there are teams of hundreds on some things, and I can't imagine how that works. Now, the Viper architecture that breaks things down into uh, very, very small pieces with very, very distinct roles, um, I think, tends to work well when you have a large team because you you um, you, know, you get far fewer conflicts of um, uh, people's code bumping into each other because everything is so isolated your chance you really only will get conflicts if you really are changing the same thing um around it so uh it, i can see how it could be useful when you're using a large project a large project with a with a large team that um that could be useful but you know for the things i've looked at it for i decided yeah there's, there's an awful lot of boilerplate code you can get generators that generate it for you but that just always feels a little bit weird and wrong to me um, but anyway, back to, to where we were. Just congratulations that you've got it down to 800,000 objects to put something on the screen. There we are. We we, <laughs> we can do that. So I think I remember what it was I was going to talk about, but it might not be that because I may have already spoken about it. Have I spoken about importing problems? Yes, I, I think I made the snarky joke about, uh, or, or maybe you were teasing it, saying that, guess what, in a post-Brexit world, imports are difficult. <laughs> we could. As, do you know what? Some, sometimes we actually should probably work out what it is we've spoken about on a show, what it is we're going to speak about on a show, what it is we'd like to speak about on a show, because then we might stand a chance of actually getting some coherent content once now and again. Anyway, I'm going to talk about importing problems, and if I've spoken about them before, um, it's because, yeah, well, then, then because we have a partial listener system, you are unlikely to have heard it anyway. Because that That's was true. on so, someone else's tour of duty. And if it just happens that the schedule for listening has come round and, and it is exactly you that listened to the importing issues last time, then <laughs> either you have to now prove yourself incredibly dedicated to the schedule or you can just press next podcast and get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, importing data. Uh, obviously, we're moving from uh, core data to SQLite. Uh, and we need to bring things in, and um, there are obviously some. Sometimes there are some uh, data changes on the way as well, because we've not just literally done a um, uh, a shift, because uh, we're re-engineering the schema at the same time. But obviously, there are lots of connections and um, uh, associations in data. And you can't just uh, bring everything in. So, for example, let's say you want to import a transaction, um, and that transaction is, you know, for an account. Obviously, you can't just import the transaction until you make sure you have an account. Now, in that sort of uh, 
situation, that's fairly easy because you, things like accounts, you make sure you import first. But sometimes you have self-referencing data um, where an account refers to an account, for example. So you now have to make sure that when you import the accounts, you're importing them in an order that uh, you know the accounts you're referencing either do it that way, the accounts you're referencing are imported before anything that might reference them, or you now need to move into uh, two or maybe three pass imports where you import all the accounts and then you go back and update the referencing. And you know when, when you're doing this, it just turns out that you begin to write an awful lot of code to do these things, especially when you have quite complex core data schemas that are uh, linking things and Unfortunately, the current um, uh, MoneyWell core data schema uses uh, entity inheritance, which um, I've always understood to not be a good idea. Now, of course, when it came out, it was sold as a very good idea in a way that you can have um, you know, a, a base table and then um, you can say, well, this has these fields and this has these fields and this has these fields. Um, they all descend from the base table, but the way that works internally within core data, or the way it did, it may have changed and I've not spotted it, is basically it just creates one big table with all the fields in from all of the different descendants you make for it. But when you go through, you know, if you have an animal table, when you go through dog, it makes sure it only returns the fields that are relevant to dog. But it's got you know, these these big, huge tables, which creates other problems when doing import stuff as well, because it means there's lots of redundant stuff in there and so basically um one one of the although doing imports you can use the schema and um and 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 go through and and just make sure stuff is right and you know to start doing multiple passes and check values and everything else one of the the issues that um I am finding now, because obviously we're going to put this stuff out for beta soon and we're going to start giving it to people who are going to have to start importing their current MoneyWell 3 documents into the latest version of MoneyWell's um, data system, is actually test data. Getting enough test data to test all of the different combinations that could possibly be in there, particularly when you're in a system where you know it's not a fixed data people you know although there's fixed items people can be very flexible with how they set up their data and um you know just you know I'm, I'm sort of trying to think of ways at the moment you know the, the many well uses people's financial data so you can't just say to people oh send us your data files to test <laughs> because you know that uh, um yeah, that probably won't go down too well, and I'm sure it's probably not very GDPR compliant. Um, so actually, you know, when you're having to import reasonably complex schemas from one format to another, generating enough test data of enough variety and enough types and sometimes enough quantity to make sure that your import routines are robust before you start, even before you start shipping them out into the beta world, um, let alone the shipping world, is quite a challenge, and I'm not quite sure how we're going to handle this yet. Is this something you have any experience of, John, requiring massive amounts of data for testing? Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I remember uh, in-table subclassing. I think that's what they used to call it in the in the enterprise objects framework world, the granddaddy of core data. Um, and... 
It's a, it is a tricky thing, and, and, and I was, in all honesty, while you're, you're talking about this and talking about the prior problem, you know, I'm wondering for you, is there, you, you create these very, very complex scenarios for yourself. Are they, do they really exist, in, and I'm asking out loud, you know, obviously, uh, do they, is that really an issue for a, a significant majority of your users, or is it what, it's all these edge cases? Because um, Well, we don't know. That is the problem. We don't because, know. That's the problem, yeah. Because uh, one thing you learn very quickly about an application is a lot of people use it in a way that you don't think they will be. Um, mm. You know, so, so for example, uh, even very basics, MoneyWell is a budgeting app. It is supposed to help you primarily to work out how you're going to spend your money. And the reason you record in it how you have spent your money is to help improve going forward your budgeting for how you are going to spend your money again going forward. Um and yet it seems we have a lot of users who have no concept that MoneyWell is a budgeting app and they use it to record everything they've done and, and use it more for his, is a, a more traditional uh, you know, Microsoft Money style accounting thing of, of looking at their, their past as opposed to looking at their future. Now, that's not what the app is advertised. I've taught. I mean, it will record it, but if you just want to do analysis on the past, there are probably better apps. This is about doing analysis on the future so that you don't, you know, we don't want you to work out how to get out of debt. We want you to not get into debt in the first place type of would be the good, mm-hmm. good way. Of. So people use it differently and people people set up some very – and this is about home financing. This isn't like corporate structures where there's certain corporate expected accounting practices. This is about helping people to plan uh, their finances going forward. We all look at money differently and how we categorize money, whether, you know, one, what one person's entertainment is another person's essential. One person would say, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to just use my core salary for this. Other people will do, you know, um, only, only do stuff from savings. So actually the way people use stuff now, I know it's all within certain concepts of accounts and we call them buckets in, in money wealth, the way you allocate things in, in transactions, the combination of the way people can do things, the way that people might, um, you know, just make one big payment from their bank account to cover twenty-five different things because they they move it out to somewhere outside of MoneyWell and, and then they say they need to put it to twenty-five different things, whereas other people make twenty-five micro payments for things. You know, there is even within a fairly simple um, uh, problem domain, there are masses of combinations. Now, my my goal is to for us to have a you know, a, a number of sample files that contain as many of the common situations as we can, um, you know, we can think of. But it's um, people always send a support request in saying they're doing this, this and this, and it often just just surprises us. Why are you doing that? Or oh, okay, you're doing that. That's interesting. Um, and obviously, because this is people's financial data, very occasionally, if someone's having a real problem, they will send us their file to to um to try and fix for them and and, and and look at because these you know especially if it's an older version of money well there's been some core data corruption or something but um it's you know not normal and we don't want to you know, get into the practice of just asking people their files so we don't actually really know how people are using it and this is a bit of a a challenge to us now hopefully when we hit the beta program and people start having problems um we can you know work a lot a whole bunch of this stuff out but 
Ideally, we would like that to be still like a minority of the users in the beta program, not the majority, because we just haven't worked out the way people use this thing all the time. And of course, we took Moneywell over about a year ago, so we don't have the 10 years of support history or, or dealing with it to, to, to even have that background. And yet there are people who've been using this app for 10 years, have you know tens of thousands of transactions in there, um, maybe with some really weird, complicated, you know, setups that we've just got no idea about. Going to wait for it to come out of the woodwork. But just trying to get that initial set is, is I'm finding quite challenging. And so I'm assuming that's kind of because it's financial data, it's unlikely that many of your users are want to, to send you their, their, their documents as tests. Well, we, we, I mean, we have a fairly um, robust uh, NDA agreement that we are prepared to you know, send people if they want to send us their data that we promise we will not give it to anybody else. We'll only use it for what we've said we'll use it for, and we will delete it when we've finished with it type of thing. But, um, and, it, you know, it's surprising. Some people just say, well, I'll send you my file, and you think well all of your bank account details are in these files are you sure you want to do that um and then other people will uh you know their file will have somehow got massively corrupted um they can't use it at all they've got 10 years worth of data in it and we get to the point of saying well the only way we can go any further is if we actually physically can get hold of the file to see what we can do with it and even then they will still won't send it to us and they'll just accept that it's gone rather than send it to us so um yeah mm-hmm. in, everywhere in between um uh but, you know it, it's personal financial data with with you know uh, stuff in it so it's um, stuff in it of course got stuff in it <laughs> really stuff personal, in there. there's a great title or really personal financial data with stuff in it with stuff it's good <laughs> it's good so yeah so um if anyone out there has experience of having to do conversions or imports from you know reasonably complex data from you know one thing to another uh sort of strategies you've taken to developing test data for that, um, I would be very interested to to hear about because, um, you know, I guess because this is quite hard data to generate as well. I mean, it's time consuming. It's quite time consuming to generate, um, which you know may just be being lazy. But to you know to generate five years worth of financial transactions in some weird schema, you know, can take a, a number of days to do if you have to do it with the UI um, and. Once you start having to do it in code, you start thinking, well, is this a contrived situation that you could never actually get into with the, the UI type of thing? So, yeah, it's it's uh, not an easy one. Not at all. Well, Scott, do you know what is easy easy to do? It's easy to send me love and 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 compliments. Well, it's not, but if people did foolishly <laughs> want to do it, how how might they do that? <laughs> they could do it as Mac to, uh, by... <laughs> There's another title. I don't know how you spell that. If you could spell that, Sam, that would be great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they could do it on Twitter by sending a tweet to MacDevNet. Uh, and John, when they want to um, find out how your uh, fish-based evening went, how <laughs> should they do that? <laughs> Are you going? Well, so please tell me. Blue. Please tell me that you're meeting um, Jimmy Crab Cakes in a in, in a fish restaurant. But now that I thought about, it, no, I was thinking about you know what would be a good place to do. But there there is really an excellent a Mexican place called Buen Comer, which is kind of like you know grandma's cuisine. Um, 
and I'll probably take them there. And, and I'm sure that they'll probably have something. They'll probably have like, you know, a shrimp cocktail or whatever. So I will make sure that I get them that. Oh, I haven't, I haven't used shrimp. That's true. You know, we need, we need a photo of hmm. you and him with shrimp cocktails. Yeah. All right, good. Well, I will make that happen. And then I will post about it on, in the Twitter verse where you will find me as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And, of course, you can get hold of both of us if you still want to use that old-fashioned thing called email by sending it to feedback at idevelopro.co. Ah, well, John, we had no idea what we'd spoken about before, no idea what we were going to speak about this time, and probably no idea what we have just spoken about. But other than that, I think it was quite a successful show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no idea either. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Thanks for listening. And whoever is on this week's schedule, we do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> And hopefully you'll get a better one next time. But until next time, you take care. God, you know, we're going to have to get, like, sponsors by the makers of edible, you know, cannabis treats because everybody already thinks we must be I, I'm sure. <laughs> I hope you're still recording. Oh, I, I just did that. that. That goes in the outro after the music is blaring. <laughs> 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 <laughs>